Na 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 Strength Club Podcast. That actually wasn't too bad. Thank you. Now, right, welcome back to the podcast. Um, today we are joined by Rev Barbell Coach, uh, Head Coach and Owner, should I say, Ant Usma. Welcome on. Hello. Um, so we've got Ant on today to talk about his experiences as a um, as a coach, as a gym owner, as a weightlifter, as a casual jiu-jitsu yeah. competitor. A, um, uh, let's say a jiu-jitsu hobbyist. Hobbyist, hobbyist, mm, yeah. hobbyist. Ex-rugby player. Yes. Yeah, so you've been around a few sports, so I yep. thought today would be a good one to talk about, you know, what you've done in sport and, and what led you down to weightlifting and you know, creating Rev and where that's going and all that kind of stuff, man. So, Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so obviously people that don't know, me and Dee used to work with Ant at Good Life. Was it Fitness First when we'd all? Fitness First. It was Fitness First Day. Mm -hmm. So that was back about 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, And that's where we first met Ant. And that Good Life back then, when it turned to Good Life Fitness First, was a breeding ground for people to – create gyms mm. yeah. like so many of the pts we work with created multiple gyms and, yeah. and Ant was one of them so and obviously we're here now which is really cool um so yeah man talk to us about what got you into the fitness industry and, and what got you to rev awesome well um as you said quite a history with sports so growing up i was a rugby player um played rugby we were we moved to perth from new zealand so played rugby here in perth um, had an incredible opportunity to head to Brisbane to a big rugby school for my final two years of school. Uh, it was called Nudgee College. Um, so I played rugby there. Um, you know, had, the, had a bit of potential as a rugby player, um, but it just sort of had a few things lacking in the way I approached my training, um, which I can look back at now, you know, as a mature, you know, 36-year-old. Um, but um, didn't stop me from trying to push and pursue it. So I uh, moved back to Perth. My sister was still living here, so I moved back to Perth, tried to sort of push as hard as I could for rugby here. Um, sort of got overlooked for a couple of, you know, representative sides coming back, and that sort of was a bit of a kick in the guts. How old were you then? Were you still mm. in your, like, senior years of high school? 18, so 17, 18. Yeah, okay. I might, yeah, I think I was 18 before I came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, played premier grade here in Perth for quite a while. Um um, and I was a bit, I was a shithead, right? Um, <laughs> I thought it was cool to, you know, put the big late hits on. I thought it was cool to throw punches and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I thought I was, it was cool to be the tough guy, but it wasn't, you know, it was, it was a fast way to, um, get nowhere. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, I played the sort of rugby, uh, which I thought was admirable at the time. I put my body on the line. Yep. So lots of injuries, lots of concussions. Um, and the sort of weight, the sort of rugby that's no good for trying to be a weightlifter later in life. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I learned through that sort of journey, um, you know, is that I learned that it wasn't particularly my, you know, physical aspects or my skill aspects, um, uh, that let me down in the sport. It was the sort of mental approach to it. Um, and, but I learned that it probably at a too, too late of an age. Um, I spent a lot of time through that time. I was working different jobs, mainly in demolition, spent a lot of time working in nightclubs, working, uh, behind the bar, working as a bouncer, um, yeah. doing all that sort of stuff. And to be honest, I was a little bit lost. I um, definitely know your demolition skills, mate. I think any, <laughs> anyone that's been on your Instagram has seen how much you've changed Rev over the years. So I don't know about your nightclub scene, though. Like You're going to have to tell me about that off the podcast. Yeah. We are not talking about okay. that. Okay. <laughs> um, so obviously, the one off limits. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I'll turn the mics off, all right? Um, 
so yeah, obviously you've done a few odd jobs. You're still trying to yeah. find your way in the world, yeah. early twenties and what's kind of led you down the fitness industry? So I was, um, I was finished off. I had a, um, a really good, I'd, I'd started my own sort of business with demolition doing sort of interior strip outs and I was, I was doing okay. I had a few, you know, I was doing okay with a few contracts, um, but I just hated it. I hated it. I was making good money, but I hated it. And I was like, hang on, it's not all about making money, right? Um, and bizarrely enough, I was working at a job in the city and I saw all these kids like walking along in, you know, bright yellow tops. I was like, what are, the, what are these guys up to? And it's like Australian Fitness or Australian Fitness Academy or no, sorry, AIF, Australian Institute of Fitness. Yes. Oh yeah, my yeah, God. AIF, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. All over their backs. And I was yeah. like, all right, I want to go suss out what this is. So I basically went for a walk, sussed it out. And um, I just walked in there and basically signed up to the next course that was starting in two weeks. How old were you then? Yeah. 26, 27? 20, yeah, 25. Yeah. 25. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then basically I never looked back. So from there I sort of pulled the pin on um, demolition mm-hmm. industry, for uh, construction industry, um, and just went straight into it. Um, and away we went. I um, I was fortunate enough, I always, strength training was always a massive part of like rugby for me. I was, yeah. when I'm playing rugby, I was sort of usually one of the stronger guys. I liked being in the gym a lot more. Um, I liked doing that side of things. I liked the strength mm. and conditioning side of things. And and, you know, my original goal back in the day was that I would go and get my cert for and then start studying sports science and, you know, go down the track of being a professional S&C um, coach. S&C coach. Yeah, yeah. That's everyone's dream right yeah. at the start. That's everyone starts. Already. And then you enter a niche sport like weightlifting yeah. and powerlifting. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, it was actually that it was that that um, that pathway, mm. wanting to get to being, you know, a top-level S&C coach that made me focus a lot more on weightlifting. Well, yeah, because yeah. you did your level one when we did the level yeah. one, which yeah. was 2016, I'd like to say, maybe, maybe even earlier, 2015. 15, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I remember we were all so shit at yeah. it. And you're only a little bit better now, but <laughs> we were all <laughs> so shit at it. But I remember, so when you when we did that um, level one that was in Florida yeah. in 2015, was that kind of you trying to get the skills more as an SNC coach rather yeah. than actually a weightlifting coach at the time? Absolutely. Um, I wanted to, you know, get better at weightlifting for, to teach it to strength and conditioning athletes. Yeah. That was the goal. Um, And it was actually that course that was great. Um, um, Maybe not so much the course, but opening the eyes to more weightlifting. Yeah. Um, I was sort of at that time in my own personal training, I was, uh, sorry, training for myself. Um, I was trying a lot in the bodybuilding scene, right? I was trying mm. to get big. I was trying to get jacks. Like every single person yeah, good, was at Good fitness. life in a loop. Yeah. 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 Fitness yeah. person in a loop. Yeah. 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 I was the smallest bloke there. So I wanted to, you know, get juicy. But um, uh, so it took me down the track of weightlifting and I found that training so much more fun. Mm. And then yeah. it literally from then it's, I haven't looked back since. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what, when you built the, obviously you had athletic rev and then you've obviously evolved into having rev barbell club now. Yeah. I know, because we know your story, obviously, you started out such a small, niche kind of, I don't know how to say it, like a, a bunch of misfits doing weightlifting yeah, in this, yeah. like, you know, what it used to be like a fresh produce, you know, shed. And now you've got Rev, which is just yeah. hosting some of the biggest state meets I think WA's probably seen. Yeah. Do you find, like, you're often thinking back to those grassroots days and you're trying to keep club coaching, like your barbell club, as that was? Mm. Oh, yes and no. Like I I actually started, uh, there was a step before that. I was actually working at um, a CrossFit gym and I was running their their weightlifting classes there and stuff. So that's really where it first started. 
Um, and I started coaching weightlifting at Good Life um, and was sort of quickly told that- We know, can't do this. We can't <laughs> do this here. Yeah. You know, it was okay when we're just sort of like, um, you know, cleaning 80 kilos, but when it started getting up to like 120, 130, there was a few complaints coming around. And the children were scared underneath yeah, that, man. Yeah, yeah. Dropping it on top of the crash was mm. probably not the best move. No. Um, but yeah, so it was moving to that CrossFit gym, uh, which allowed me to really start, you know, doing a lot more of that coaching. And that's what sort of- stemmed you know i guess more of the passion and i started getting getting my name out a bit more and that was when i really like went head first into trying to um learn from everyone and anyone i could um and so that opened the door so when we did open um athletic revolution the first gym in Gualup, um the barbell club was actually quite a big part of it so it was even right from the get-go, there was still, you know, we're still getting 15 people to the sessions. And that was from doors open. Yeah. So it wasn't, it, it was quite big straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, that grew to the point where we were maxing out. Like we'd, we'd be doing sessions four times a week and at like 6.30 when that session would start, you have like 20 people sitting, standing in this little gym waiting for the yeah. class before yeah, to start yeah, yeah. Yeah. so they could start warming up yeah. and have enough time That's to, awesome. um, yeah, have enough time to train. And that was at that point where I was like, okay, we need to do something bigger here. Well, yeah. this was around, Athletic Grove would have been around 2017 for you, 2018. Yep. I mean, you'd only been weightlifting coaching for like, at what looks like now in your career, probably a smaller amount yeah, yeah, of yeah. time. We, as a novice coach, let's take that step back. What kind of helped you find your way? Because obviously you've started, and I try and say this to the younger coaches now when they're, I guess, trying to niche too quickly. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, nah, you, you can find your way by trying different courses yeah. or trying and learning some things. Did you find that helped you a lot? Like you're like, I'm going to try this CrossFit thing. I'm going to try this weightlifting. Thing. I'm going to try powerlifting and find what I actually enjoy as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I, as I said, like I was sort of trying to learn a little bit of this, a little bit of that to help strength and conditioning, right? So I was trying to learn hypertrophy from bodybuilding coaches. Yeah. I'd go and do courses with with bodybuilding coaches. I was doing a lot of stuff with Sebastian Oreb. I did a lot of his courses. I went and spent some time with him over in Sydney. It was great. Um, so what I was trying to do was like get, you know, all of the knowledge from the specifics rather than just going, oh, I'm just going to go learn from this one strength and conditioning coach. I wanted to learn from the best people in the world. Um, and that's what opened my eyes up. And then I started sort of, but then once I decided it was weightlifting, then I was like, I was all in. Yeah. Um, and basically, you know, there's a, it's funny, like, I don't talk about the old naysayers a lot, but there was a lot of naysayers back then, you know, like, um, oh, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. He shouldn't be coaching this. He shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, and I know, I know you guys have been through that as well. Mm. It's well, I remember these days also happening to yeah, you and yeah, this yeah, before yeah. we even like you took that step into weightlifting, yeah. I'd say probably a year or two earlier than we took it into powerlifting. Yeah. Mm. And I remember talking to you and sitting down, you know, we'd have a coffee downstairs and you'd be like, oh man, like mm. I'm taking this leap. I'm putting myself out there and there's these people, but yeah. now those people are probably maybe not so relevant in, in, what, in what you're doing now, yeah. which is actually pretty wild. Yeah. eh? Yeah. And it is, it is, um, it is it is a journey. It is difficult. Mm. Um, but I guess I, I was fortunate enough to have like had such a career and so many different jobs and yeah. so many, and I was quite mature going into it. Like had I tried to do that as an 18, 19 year old, I don't think I would have pushed through it. Just got spat out again. Mm. Yeah. Did, did you find when you were entering weightlifting, cause weightlifting, powerlifting is different cause raw powerlifting especially is so young still. Like it's only, yeah. only just over a decade old when weightlifting is my Lord, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? dozens of years old so it's like did you find you're almost entering as this young buck on the scene against an old guard 
Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, not against, so I say. Oh, They're trying yeah. to join an old guard and work together, so I say. It was, it was actually quite an interesting little journey, right? So when I first sort of poked my head on the scene and said, hey, look, I want to be, you know, coaching weightlifting. I want to be starting a weightlifting club. I want to be doing this. Like, people were quite, it was quite supportive initially. Like, straight off the bat, it was supportive. Um, you know, well, to my face at least. Um, it was sort of... Um, I guess people not really right in the weightlifting scene that were a bit more uh, critical. Now, what I actually found is so once I sort of got through that real initial phase and then I started having quite a few more athletes, when I started um, getting results with athletes, that's when the naysayers came out. Yeah. That's when it became, oh, hang on, this guy's actually doing something. Maybe he's doing something we can't do. That's when I started facing a lot of the criticism. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. So that was really interesting. So at first it was like, oh, yeah, come along, come for the ride. Like, yeah, we'll help you. But, oh, hang on, you're doing too much. Now people started to get critical. Yeah. Um, was it, were you finding, obviously you've got all these different elements and you probably came into it with such an open mind, right? Where like you came into weightlifting, you're like, I want to learn from everybody. I want to learn everything to do with a. Yeah. I'm not stuck in this routine of there's only one way to do something, one way to skin this cat. Yeah. And I know, I know you personally, so I know that's how you look at things. Yeah. Do you think that because you came in with such an open mind, you did different tactics from so many different people you've learned, people are like, no, this is the way you're meant to be doing it? I'll be really honest with you. I didn't start that way. Yeah, okay. And um, so straight off the back, I was a massive Klokov fanboy. Yeah. Right? Straight off the bat. So I loved his videos. I bought all of his training guidelines. I went I went and did seminars with him. I got online coaching from him. Like I was the Klokov fanboy one. You've got him painted in your gym. Absolutely. Still am. <laughs> still am a fanboy. I still am a fanboy in the sense that what he did for weightlifting is incredible. The, yeah. the reach he took weightlifting to and grew the sport is second to none. But I used to try and teach the way he teaches, you know, and I thought this is the best way because he's Russian. He's, um, you know, his father was a gold medalist as well. Like he's a world champ, multiple times world champion, Olympic Games, silver medalist. I knew like this guy's the best. But the way he moves is so unique to him. Yeah. yeah. But it was different, right? So it was different to what I was watching people get taught. And so in my mind, I'm like, I've got the secret. Here we go. I'm going to get these great results. But I quickly did learn that, hang on, this is not the way. Not everyone can lift like this. Um, and, but it was that realization, um, for me that was like, I need to learn more ways. Yes. So yeah. I was fortunate enough that that happened relatively early in my career. So I had really learned that before, you know, I'd started, you know, the biggest sessions at my own gym. I learned yeah. this early while I was just getting into weightlifting, luckily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then I went into this, that's what opened my eyes. And I think I was fortunate enough that I did follow like Klokov's more unique way off the bat. Because had I followed a, a more generic way that might work for more people, I wouldn't have come to that realization as fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so getting that realization that, okay, this way is very unique. There must be other ways. Yes, that works incredibly well for him and it worked incredibly well for his father. I need to find other ways that work as well because it doesn't work for everyone. So where did you start reaching out to at that point in your career? Were you everyone. Just- Everyone. <laughs> Would you just DM people online about Everyone. what are you doing? <laughs> you name it. Yeah. I th- there was a point here, and, and I know a coach that I did actually reach out to does follow me, so if he's listening to this, like, I'm sorry. Um, but um, I actually, like, would buy multiple online programs at once and have multiple online coaches at once and send through videos and just get their ideas and wanted to know, learn and know how they were teaching things. Really? I wasn't trying to deceive anyone. I wasn't trying to steal any ideas, but I was just, I wanted to learn how people did things. Great, great coaches have great coaches, generally yep. speaking. So Absolutely. it's like, 
for you to reach out to people, it only helped grow your skill set. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it makes absolutely. sense. I had, I probably did, what I, who I did stick with probably for the longest was Travis Mash. Um, so Mash Mafia or Mash Elite. Um, he's, he works at a lot of universities now, does a lot with velocity training. Um, I probably spend the most time following his program and getting feedback from him. Um, and I, and I found that his approach was great as well. Like, so he has a very flexible approach as well to how people should be moving. Um, probably looking back in hindsight, the intensity that he trained at was too high for me, even though I thought I loved it because I yeah, like going yeah, heavy. Yeah. It, my body just couldn't keep up with it. Do you um, think that's in relation to the actual size of you as a person as well? Like if we'd given this to maybe a, a lifter that was like a lightweight female or something like that, they might've been able to tolerate those loads a bit different? Potentially, but uh, like I'm a turbo man. I, I'm a turbo. Like I'm a, I'm a tu- when I'm an athlete, I'm a turbo. I will try and lift anything and push yeah. everything. So to someone that doesn't try and push as hard and put their entire body at risk, it probably would have been okay. But where I'm constantly trying to work to a so if, if I look at my program and it says um, build to a two RM for the day, I'm building to a two RM or die trying. That's where I'm going to, you know, whereas, and I know from myself with working with athletes, I'll tell someone else to work to a two RM for the day. And, you know, that's really, really like a, an RPE eight is what they're actually doing because they don't want to push as hard. So I think that's where it was for me. And had I had, you know, Travis as a, uh, face-to-face coach he'd probably would have uh, easily identified that and said hey look, okay reel you in a bit that yeah. Yeah. yeah okay absolutely but um yeah had a heap of success with 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 his stuff um did really well and then picking up all these programs and buying all these programs really f- made me find a sort of a more un- I, I guess not unique but like oh everybody does this yeah you know everybody does this and when I started to piece that together that's when I started to have a lot more success for myself yeah um but uh, going back to your initial question, yeah, I have no, I don't have any ties to any sort of specific methods. And I, and I do think that that has helped me along the way. Like I'm not, if someone comes to me and says, hey, this program's not working for me, I'm like, cool, let's try something yeah. else. Yeah. I don't get upset, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Because yeah. right now I've noticed that you're obviously selling your online programs now as well. What made you now reach into that space? Like, did you have online clients to start off with or were you like, oh, I'm going to start dabbling here? What's the go? I do have a number of online clients. Um, It's not something I really like to advertise a lot because like in all honesty, I I don't find, okay, let me rephrase this. In all honesty, I find the value in face-to-face coaching so extreme that I don't feel like I can give that as well to an online client. Okay. So... And, but for me to be able to find the time to write someone a program to review their videos, I need to charge them a certain amount. Yeah. And I struggle with that because I know how much value someone gets for a face-to-face session yeah. or face-to-face yeah. coaching, yeah. but I still need to charge a relatively high amount because it's still taking up time and taking time away from me to do these online programs. Yes. And that's why I've sort of always battled with the online model. This, um, this is an interesting topic because all three of us have come from what I'd call bricks and mortar face-to-face. Yeah. Mm. So we're really good at that and we're yeah. really good at communicating and showing and, and doing all those kind of things. So I know for me and Dee, even entering online, which is probably more of a post-COVID phase for us, yeah. that was a scary space because yeah. I was like, how do I communicate what I'm trying to – I had to learn a different language. Yeah. And I think it's probably more popular in powerlifting 
Like yeah. you're probably going to find it. I would think it was easier. Maybe it's just my perspective on powerlifting. I'd find it easier to find an online powerlifting coach of yeah. high remark, quote unquote, than I would a high level weightlifting coach. Is yeah. that kind of true? Absolutely. I, and you know, the one, you know, the one thing for any sort of strength sport is this, it's, it's not the program that matters. It's how the program is performed that yes. matters. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the, the effort all, yeah. intent. Oh mm. man, don't start me. <laughs> and you know, like I can, I can give someone the best program in the world, you know, perfect for them, perfect for their weaknesses, perfect for their faults. But if they perform that with little buy-in, it's, it's, they'd be better off just, you know, buying something off, off online for 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the reality of it. So that's why I heavily would lean more towards wards in person. Now I did have, so I have released some online programs. Yes. Um, and instead of just sort of sitting there and going, I don't do this because it's not what I like to do. I tried to add a lot more value to it. So mm. for all the online programs, I give heavy instructionals and I, and I show the videos coached. So I show this, sorry, I show the, um, exercises coach so i'll coach an athlete on video yeah so people can see what we're sort of looking so for. you video like yeah. nick renner's chris and you're like yeah. showing them how to do the movements yes. itself so yeah. it's showing people how it changes as they apply the skill yeah absolutely yeah, so really i'm just good. trying to add something to that and then and so i, I typically only sell like standalone programs so like this is a program oh. uh, it's not a custom program and that way I can put it at a cheaper price point yeah. and then i don't feel bad about essentially ripping someone off yeah. well the other yeah. thing is like You've got all this skill and value in your mind as well, right? And it's like, at the end of the day, if this person can't actually afford that level of coaching, which yeah. is absolutely okay because everyone's in a, a different financial position, are they better getting something random online that's probably just cookie cutter, copy and paste? Are they getting something that's a bit more, you know, accessible, a bit more coachable, a bit more interactive with someone locally who, where if they did have questions, they could be like, Oh, well, I know Ant's at Rev and I've got a little bit extra cash. I'll just book a PT with him and see if he can help me out with the program. Yeah, absolutely. And that's sort of, that's what I'm sort of looking for with that. Yeah. You know, um, I actually have a, I actually have a guy, um, a young, a young guy, Rafa doing one of my programs at the moment, moment and he's doing really well on it because we are, he can just do the occasional Instagram message. Hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, yeah, that's good, man. Like, you yeah. know, and there's that sort of feedback. He's probably going to move into being an in-person athlete soon, but yeah. you know, but that's exactly what you said. It's like, okay, well, you know, rather than going and buying, you know, maybe a Cal strength program, like, yeah. you know, same price point, you know, here you go, buy this. It can set you up. It gives you an idea of how I program if you want to then venture into being a face-to-face -face athlete as well. Yeah. That's so it, it. Do, does give those opportunities or those leadways. Yeah. Have you, because obviously, um, D, what was our next question? That um, Daisy attend, top one. Um, how had weightlifting evolved since you've been in it? Yeah. Over the last, to? how long have you been in weightlifting? What, nearly a decade, eh? Yeah. How has it evolved? Like what's changed in weightlifting compared to when you've walked in? Because I, I can see it as probably more, I mean, I've dabbled. Obviously, I was a high-level athlete. We all know <laughs> that, but I've seen it change. And I think if, if I'm looking at it from a local perspective, I've seen it change with your influence. Yeah. And it's become definitely, I would argue, more mainstream with the yep. rookie comps and the, the greater like looking venue and makes it yep. a bit more spectator-friendly and all that kind of stuff. What do you notice has been big changes over the last almost decade you've been involved? Well, um, sort of going into that is, was a big part of my why for getting into weightlifting. Um, when I first wanted to start weightlifting, 
it was I couldn't really find somewhere to train. Yeah. You know, um, there was a couple of sort of big names, I guess, uh, coaching and, you know, at the time and I reached out and it was like, no, sorry, we don't have time or the space. And uh, it's like, oh, wow, okay. And then I tried somewhere else and like, oh, if you can be here at these times only, you can train. I'm like, well, I'm a PT. I work at those times. Um, Do you have any other options? And there was nothing. Um, So I I tried three different places and got very similar answers. And I was like, man, this sucks. Like, damn, I didn't know yeah. this story. That's yeah. interesting. Well, I feel like it was always used for other, like, for I feel like athletics and stuff like that. Mm. They would use it to develop like other skills, but not necessarily just specific weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I, that's what I, I, I knew there was a couple of weightlifting clubs, but they weren't big. No, no. they weren't big clubs. And no. I guess at the time, actually, when we've all got into, especially when you've got into weightlifting, CrossFit was huge. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it'd be CrossFit clubs really yeah. as well. Yeah, there, and there were a couple of clubs running out of CrossFit gyms. I think there was one down south, but it was you know, it was a mile away for us. Um, yeah. There was like quite a bigger a bigger club for what was going on back then. Um, but yeah, just really highlighted to me that um, it was a very difficult thing to actually get into. And it almost had this sort of idea, right? There was this idea surrounding weightlifting that if you're going to do it, you can't do anything else. You must show yeah. up to these times. <laughs> like it was this whole idea that no, we're not going to charge you, but you you owe us, right? Like, and that was the idea. You're now an Olympian it. for us. Like, yeah, this is everything. Yeah, you know, it was a weird little sort of subculture, and um, you know, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, and and that wasn't something that I was. I didn't really like the idea of that. Um, you know, a big inspiration to me back then when I was opening the gym was like you know Rucci's gym. You know, with the yeah. way they commercialized everything. And like everyone thinks commercialization is a bad thing, but the reality is it's not. It's what it does is it can bring, com- like, it can bring um, more opportunities to the sport and more professionalism. And that's yep. the main thing. Now, like, probably so to probably answer your question, what I've seen increase the most in weightlifting is professionalism. Okay. Um, when I was starting, people told me, no, people won't pay for weightlifting. I was like, why? Why won't people pay for it? Yeah. If you can provide a quality service that people are willing to pay for, they'll pay for it. Yeah. You know, and that's what it is. It's a business. It's not, I don't, you know, if you sign your soul away to me, you know, you're mine. You're my forever. Was this a little bit of because of, um, I mean, maybe it's a culture that I don't know too well because powerlifting obviously isn't in the Olympics. Do you think it's because it is, it, it is, was, I don't know, you can answer that properly for me in a bit, but because yep. it, it's an Olympic sport, there was almost this like grassroots limitation where it was like, everything's done for free. It's all volunteer. It's all mm. give and take. You know what I mean? Was that yes. a grassroots kind of culture with it? Um, I think with anything that's so small, I think any, any sport that's so small that has such a small community is going to have that sort of culture around it. Yeah. And the thing is, it was tiny. It, it was it was tiny back then. You know, we have grown since then in WA, but it was a, was a small amount of um, gyms, all, as you said, all volunteer run. People aren't really paying much money. And that was just the way it was surrounding it. I don't think, I don't know if being an Olympic sport has anything to do with it, um, but I just don't think anyone had made the step to commercialize it yet. Yeah. You know, no one had made that jump. As I said, people were telling me that it won't work. It won't, you know, you won't be able to have a commercially viable weightlifting facility. People, and people still tell me that. People look at me dead in my face, knowing what I do and tell me, no, it doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, I beg to differ. Um, <laughs> and um, Here are my few full-time coaches over <laughs> here. and Yeah, and, and but that's it, you know, like what, and 
what you can do is if you provide a good enough service, people will pay for it. Yeah. You know, but that's what it is. It comes with the facility. Like it, it comes with being able to have full access to a gym. So they don't have to go to another gym. It, it comes with, you know, at the end of the day, if an athlete comes to me and says, Hey, Ann, I'm not happy with my programming. You know, they're paying me for a service. I'll be like, okay, well, let's chat about it. What can we do? Yeah. And it makes me more accountable. You know, I can't just sit there and go, oh, well, but you're my athlete. So you'll do what I tell you. Yeah, it's this, this is weightlifting. Yeah. This is how it's meant to be. Yeah. There's all yeah. there's all in kind of thing. You know, it makes me far more accountable as a coach to have people paying and people paying a decent amount to come and to come and use my service. Yeah. So with the comps now, like when you got into weightlifting, I assume your first state championship that you would have done was 2018 when you were competing. Um, 2017. 2017. Yeah. What's the difference in the numbers now? Like how many people did states back then? How many people are doing states this year? Or examples well i couldn't tell you sort of exact numbers um uh, what you what what's interesting about weightlifting is that even though we've got a really small membership base or like participation level um the standards are still very high right Mm. so like it's still very difficult to qualify not your average lifter can qualify for states it's not super easy okay so there is a minimum standard to go to states as well oh i didn't know that interesting Yeah, so, you know, we have a lot of guys in our gym who's probably their crowning glory of weightlifting will be qualifying and competing at states, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's you what know? powerlifting, that's what we're heading to now with yeah. APU, and that's I don't think it's a bad thing at all. No, it's, no. it's not. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think you're going to see a lot of people actually, obviously we've had these changes happen in powerlifting where we're, we're changing the way you even get to nationals, and I think yeah. it's a good thing. I think it's you should really feel proud on getting that ticket for the plane. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's I earned my spot here. It wasn't mm. just this, like low minimum total where yeah. we're getting, you know, 500 person nationals. It's like, well, yes. what is it? It's just another meet then, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's what we see with weightlifting nationals. You know, it's a huge accomplishment to just be able to get to senior nationals. Yeah. You know, not not everyone can do that. You know, it is um, it is quite a big deal. So um, so with that, even though, so, but the thing we're on, the numbers have definitely gone up. I remember the first, um, the first nationals I competed at, uh, sorry, the first nationals I coached at, it was a combined junior and senior nationals. And we only had, I think it was six senior athletes in the team. Wait, From is WA. Se- yeah. Is senior like masters? Nah, no, senior is open. 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 Oh, open. got yeah. Senior is yeah. open, yeah. Because yeah. you've got masters as well. That's a separate category. I was going to say, I thought I've heard yeah. masters before. But. It is a senior, it is, but now it's just all just changed recently. So now IWF doesn't handle the masters. So now there's a separate federation that looks after masters and they're going to oh. have their own weight categories and everything. Yeah, so it's and it's not a part of IWF at all? No. Are they still wider? I assume they will be. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know yet. Are they still got the juniors and the seniors technically? So, yeah. So we have youth. Yep. Well, actually, before that, we have under 15. Yep. Um, under 15, youth, which is under 17. Yep. Um, junior, which is under 20 and under 23. Yep. Right, so there's actually a few age yeah. categories. Yeah, yeah. Right. and then seniors. Um, now, we combine those, like, for our national championships. So we'll combine the under 15 and under 17. That will be one nationals. Then we combine the under 20 and under 23. Yeah. And then the seniors are a standalone. So when you've gone to these nationals, you had six people from WA. Yeah, there were six lifters. The first time I coached as an official coach on the state team, I think we had six um, senior lifters. Might have been one more. And then, you know... Recently, we, we've doubled those numbers. Yeah. yeah. Like this year, I think we had 13. And, you know, we had quite a few lifters here as well that couldn't travel. Like, we had a couple of lifters in our squad that 
could have been on the team but didn't travel just for their own personal reasons. Are the standards higher as well? In terms yeah, the of standards total? are higher. So you've seen an increase of standards and you've yeah. seen yeah. more people participating yeah. or yeah. making that total. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. For sure. That's a cool thing. Yep. And I know the rookie comps are just going off. Yeah, man, the rookie the rookie comps are a big deal. They um they do go off. Um, it's the goal is just to get people on the platform, right? Yeah. Um, it's still like I still do battle because in comparison to say powerlifting, this is straight up. It's just not as easy to lift. Yeah. yeah. It's you know. Oh no! Wait, I'll admit it right here, right now. <laughs> yeah. Weightlifting is way harder, Yay. man. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like you know. And, you know, you can have a the beauty, and this is why I love powerlifting, because the beauty is you can get someone who's just learned how to squat, bench, and deadlift, and, you know, they might really enjoy it, and they can be a, they yeah. can go to a competition in three months. Powerlifting yeah. is this in-between realm, yeah. right? Like, weightlifting is so... Powerlifting still has its skill-heavy things, especially on top end and stuff like that, but weightlifting is a, you know, you're practicing with the bar for... The yeah. rest of your life, yeah, really. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Powerlifting, that's not the case. Yeah. You, you know, you, you're done on the bar like week yeah. two. But then it's also when we're talking like dieting, mm. uh, people, you know, weight cut or whatever for powerlifting, and they're like, you know, they come in the club, they're like, oh man, I'm dieting for the comp. I got to make this yeah. weight cut. So I'm like, you don't know what hard dieting is until you're a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. you don't know what hard skill work is until you're a weightlifter. Yeah. Like, we are in such an in between realm powerlifting. Yeah. Um, it has its own things that are hard, but man, like, Weightlifting's way harder, <laughs> but it's also it's also it's also a massive positive for you guys because it gives you a bigger pool to draw from. Correct, yeah. You know, yeah. you get more people just wanting to try it, which is yeah. fantastic. Whereas, you know, we get that, but you know, weightlifting is really hard. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I've just put a little poem I wrote up on the wall of the gym of telling people how hard weightlifting is. But the beauty of it is that it, because it is so hard, that's the reward. Yes, yeah. is you learn yeah. to overcome. Yeah. You know, and if you can build resilience from weightlifting, you get more resilient in life. Yeah. And this yeah. is something that I try to push by with my guys so much. <laughs> and, you know, it is the same with powerlifting as well, because mm. once you do, yes, you might not have the as much of a difficulty with learning the skill, grinding through strength. strength. Yeah. 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 That's a whole, yeah. that's the same, the same thing. And it goes yeah. back to that conversation we said earlier, is like, you can write the best program in the world. It's how you yeah. apply it. Are, yeah, you, are you getting the most out of that program? Are you applying yourself 100%? Yeah, for sure. But I, I think it's a good thing. Like we're going to see, and you're probably seeing it a lot with weightlifting. We see it a lot with powerlifting. You're getting more quote unquote gen pop. Everyone's kind of gen pop. Mm. But you're getting more gen pop where they are going to do jujitsu on weekends. Yeah. Or they are going to go running or yep. they are going to do, want to do arms with the boys on a Saturday yeah, or something absolutely. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like, it's okay to do that. Yeah. Like just let them float. I think mm -hmm. if people go to when they're trying to learn and just have fun with these skills, if they go to all mm. in, like just have fun at the rookie comp. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Just rock up to the rookie yeah. comp and throw something above your head. Yeah. It's all good. Absolutely. And and this is what's I think really important and what I'm trying to teach my guys a lot about at the moment is that there are levels, right? You know, like I said before, I, I'm a if you're a hobbyist, you know, it's okay just to show up and do this and go and have a few drinks on the weekend with your mates. Yeah. It's yeah. okay to do a bit of jujitsu. It's okay to do this. Um, you know, if you want to be like, okay, I want to step that up a little bit. I want to compete. I want to compete at it. You know, I want to get as good as I can. Okay. We need to change things. Yeah. yeah. All right. Then if you say, look, I'm all in, I want to give literally every little thing I can do to be as good as I can be. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah. These yeah. guys over here need to be doing everything correctly. Yeah. You know, yeah. they can't yeah. be doing anything else. Yeah. But what's, what's important and something big that we try to push at the gym at Rev 
is that it doesn't matter which tier you want to be in. You know, your journey is still important and we yeah. all get around each other yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. it's you literally know. the exact same at SC. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, we, we were heavily inspired clearly by Rev. Mm. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was just a, even when I worked at Rev, it was the same thing. It's that team mm. environment. And you guys have a really, um, I quote unquote, different culture. Yeah. Because it's a good different culture. When you yeah. walk in, everyone fist bumps. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? When everyone hits a PV, I put up your reel today to get some questions and it's yeah. like everyone's walking up to you. Yeah. Do you know, fist bumping you. And it's a really good environment. I think at SC, it's the same. Like you're going to hear someone go for a heavy set and everyone's just screaming yeah. at yeah. them from across the gym. Like you'll be yeah. doing a PT down the other end on the leg extension. You're like, what's going on over there? Yeah, yeah. And That's so it. when we get these new guys come in and, and they're sitting doing, you know, I don't know, they're doing their accessories, they're doing cable row and someone's lifting heavy, they're cheering. They don't even know the yeah. person. Yeah, like they just rocked That's up, it. you know, yeah. like. And I think yeah. that's a good thing to have because it, it normalizes people's expression of their strength and them yeah. giving it their all and we all get around it no matter what the level is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a welcoming environment. And that's probably one of the good things you've done with Rev as well. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. So how was Nationals? Nationals. How was Nationals? Did you just uh, come back from Nationals? What yeah. Was, how's it go? Um, look, it was, a, it was a mixed bag for us. Personally, as a as a gym, it was a good results for WA. Um, I was fortunate enough that was my first um, appointment as a head coach for the senior team. I've done quite a few head coaches of the juniors and stuff, but that was my first as a senior. Is that appointed by WWA? Yeah, it is. So yeah. we, it's a very simple way of how um, coaches are appointed. Basically, it's a it's a score system. You get a score for your experience, um, your coaching level. So if you're a level one, two, or three. Um, you get points for how many athletes you have in the team, how many athletes you coach in general, and what grade those athletes are. Okay, cool. All those points yeah, are... System. That's a good yeah. system. Yeah. Yep. All well, those points are added together. Was that the same when you went and coached uh, It was Junior Worlds? No, that's, that's different. That's very, very different. Um, so I went and coached for New Zealand at... Um, oh, were you technically Worlds. New Zealand for Youth Worlds? Yeah, I coached for New Zealand. Oh, yep. right. Yeah. Now, that was a very different uh, situation. So I had a young athlete, Manaya, who um, is a Kiwi. Yep. Um, I'm a Kiwi, if anyone doesn't know. Um, and she um, had qualified for Youth Worlds. Um, now, there was no one else going for New Zealand. Um, New Zealand uh, weightlifting said to me, look, we're not going to select another coach. We will, if you are willing to go and pay your own way, we will select you as you'll be the coach. Wow. It makes no sense. Was this just email else. correspondence, like back and forth? Or yeah, email, and, and I had a conversation with the president as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, and it, it may, I mean, it doesn't – it makes no sense to send anyone else. Like, yeah. she's never met any of them either. So, yes, it was incredible. Um, yes, I was technically the head coach for New Zealand. Um, you know, it was a circum – it's not – I'm not going to try and pretend like I was selected for some special no, reason. No, but still a good experience, um, yeah. It was my athlete. Um, you know, I did have to pay my own way. That trip was the most nightmare trip you could ever imagine because, you know, um, basically airports just opened up post-COVID. So we had to do everything as far as tests, uh, VAC certificates, all that sort of stuff had yeah. to be done. Um, every plane we got on was delayed. We got stuck in Dallas. We got stuck in uh, LA. We got stuck in Mexico. You name it, we got stuck. And we had to spend Fine. extra nights. Uh, poor Manaya, she had like, we were two days late to the competition, two days later than we were meant to be. Um, so she had one day there to prepare and then get on the platform, Ugh. all while trying to maintain a weight cut down to 49 right. kilos. Welcome to international athlete life. Wow. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. it was just, it was just the sign of, it was the times, right? It was yeah. like the first competition, it was the first competition since uh, competition started up again. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, everywhere we went, COVID tests, everywhere we went, um, you know, masks and that sort of stuff. When you were there, was it much different to the experience you have at Nationals in terms of the way the comps are run or anything like that? In all honesty, and maybe it was a little bit different because I was coaching in the B session, so it was the 55 Bs. Um, it was easier. Oh, man, yeah. don't start me. Yeah. It was Worlds, was, Worlds was easier. Yeah. Well, coaching at Worlds was easier than any meet I've yep. coached at. It, I, it was strange, hey. Well, it's what I what I put it down to. Well, and to be honest, like nationals are really good. Our AWF nationals are really good. Yeah. Like, because the officials are trying to help you. They want you to do the right thing. Yeah. So um, I guess most of your listeners are powerlifters. So what they probably won't know is that with weightlifting, there's a lot of tactics that go on in the back room. Yeah. You know, so we don't lift when it's our turn in a flight system. We lift and it's a ri on a rising bar. So when the weight you want to lift is on the bar, that's when you lift. So as coaches, we need to be able to count the board and, and make sure our athlete is warm at the right time for when they're going to be on the bar. Um, and then there's a lot of tactics that go into making the right attempt changes, uh, making the attempt changes in time. Because um, you can change all the attempts? Yeah. 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 How many times can you change them? So you get three, well, essentially three changes. It's, well, you get one declaration and two changes. So you can de declare your first attempt, but yep. you can change that twice. Yep. You can declare your second attempt, you can change that twice. Yes. Okay, so that's yeah. a lot of changes. You really yeah. got to be onto it. When yeah. powerlifting, it's your third and you get to change that. On and deadlift twice, that's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And those changes are used as tactics. So you'll try and do things. We try and rush athletes out. We try and, you know, put different numbers on the declaration that will be nowhere near what we lift just so yeah. we can try and make other coaches miscount. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that goes on at higher level comps. That probably happens the most at nationals. Yeah. Like you see that at nationals a lot. Like just recently, it was actually quite interesting to note that the nationals just gone by. There was much more of that going on that I've seen in past um, nationals. Uh, just a lot of people trying to do it kind of thing. Yeah, just a lot of people trying to play the game, yeah, which is yeah. cool, you know. Yeah. Um, you do see some coaches come unstuck. We saw that a lot at this nationals, um, trying to play the game too much and stuffing up their athlete. That happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, we saw that a lot, this one. I did see it. We didn't have too much of it at Worlds. Um, probably because we only had a, a really a handful that were really battling. I'd mm, say yeah. battling for podium and battling to get as high ranking. Yeah. But definitely at nationals, people and I've I wrote a post about this where people when I was expressing you know my thoughts, people will change stuff. Mm. Yeah. Like you can't just read the board. You've got to watch what the other coaches are doing. You've got to watch yeah. when they put attempt selections in. You've got to watch what are they going to jump to? You've got to be very predictive as yeah. well. Like I know they're going to go for this because if they go for this, I'm going to have to go for this. And then yeah. this is good. This is good. It's like yeah. as a coach from local level. Yeah. That definitely comes into it more and more yeah. at those top ends. So yeah, that happened a lot at nationals. Interesting. Yeah, well, it, yeah. It's really big at senior nationals. That's where you'll see it the most. Um, and it was happening at worlds as well. Um, but what I've noticed at worlds is, the officials are really trying to help you. They want you to do well. They don't want, you know, they don't want your athlete to stuff up because a coach makes a mistake. And because it mm. does happen. Um, but what I found at Worlds is like they're running around trying to like, they're like, you know, are you ready? Are you ready to make this change? They're doing that sort of stuff. Whereas you won't sort of see that at a, at a national or even a state level. It probably, and it probably, you know, it gets a bit more difficult sometimes at state level because like when we're all from the, you know, we're all from the same state yeah. and maybe some of the officials might be a club that doesn't like you or doesn't like someone else. So there might be a little bit of animosity there, yeah. um, which you don't see a lot of, but it does happen. It mm. does happen, you know. So they won't tell you that, hey. Yeah, they'll know, happily, like, oh, look, that clock's counting down, but I'm not going to say anything yeah. because I'm happy for you to miss. <laughs> 
or you know that sort of thing. It doesn't happen a lot, but yeah. it definitely does. There, oh, it's is happening. There. Oh, I can't remember what combo was. It was very recently, and obviously, me and Callan had two guys, and they were very close. Anyway, this sneaky guy changes the third attempt on deadlift, and I was just talking to this client. I look up at the board. I'm like, hang on a second. Mm. He's changed that number, like because it was just a local mate. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I was paying attention, but I wasn't like, oh, we're in a battle here. And then I've worked it out, and he's looking over at me, and I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. Now I've got to go change this card. And he's giggling because he knows like sometimes when you have actually that good coach on coach relationship, yeah. it's, it's a game. You're it playing, is, it's like playing chess. Yeah. Like yeah. you're playing chess with athletes. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. And um, we're, we're really fortunate here in WA. So um, we've got a fantastic board at, in WWA. Like, you know, the goal is to try and make the competitions as good and as professional as possible. And that's something that, you know, we've worked on a lot being the state um, center for comps um, and we work closely with them so we run our state competitions to a national level you know yeah. so we do everything properly we have proper marshalling tables we do all that so we're very fortunate enough to have that at you know at our local comps yeah so that does give you quite a bit of um, quite a bit of experience in it but um you know as you said you know I you know very work very well with like a lot of the other coaches here particularly like the Saxtons Jay and Andy at Ox like I work really well with them we coach great as a unit at states yeah. but you know we'll do the same thing we'll have you know if we've got athletes going up against each other yeah. we'll have fun little games between each other and yeah. do the same sort of thing but it's fantastic practice for the bigger events correct we're yeah. all supporting each other on that big stage yeah yeah. yeah and um and it you know we actually had a young athlete um and you know i think she i think in all honesty going into national she was a bit apprehensive having us as her coaches um but then when, when she saw how well we work as a team she was just absolutely blown you know mm. blown away and was like thank you so much and you know that's something we've been working really hard as a as a state coaching team is to build that much better cohesion as a unit it was yeah. interesting because the same thing happened with worlds yeah because uh, worlds you know it's different i had you know nat going over yep. obviously i trained with callan and adam i know jackson yep. he comes up to the club once a week so the wa guys i know very well and yeah. only a handful of the east coasters did i know for either meeting them at nationals or via yeah. online or whatever so when i've got there and i'd got on put on like 12 sessions or something in the end i'm having people that i've never met yeah yeah that's well, a whole and different i thing. and because it got mm. a bit sprung up where i'm gonna have to do these extra sessions which was fine it was oh man, I've got no data either. So now yeah. I'm like going to have to spend the night, like who is this person? Yep. How do they move? What are they receptive to? All that kind of stuff. So you have to be able to, as a coach, adapt to who's coming in front of you as well because mm. you might not have met them. You might have never experienced what they're yeah. going to be like. So yeah, it was interesting because the exact same thing happened. They get off the platform like, that was such a good experience with you. Yeah. You made that really fun. Like that was really good. And it's like, yeah, man, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and I, it's good. Like, I think, I think as you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the old guard and the new guard. I, I, I think um, in the past, there's probably been, especially in weightlifting, there has been, you know, cases of coaches maybe like, uh, yes, they might be appointed at a certain reason at a certain higher level, but they don't want what's best for that athlete. And I think that has happened in the past and that sort of gives this idea that things are a little bit more, you know, they can, there can be problems there. Yeah. But I think, um, especially here in WA, I think we've, you know, squashed that now. There's definitely none of Good. that. You know, like I honestly, I don't care if you, who you're coached by, I want what's best for you as the state coach. Like I yeah. want you to do as yeah. well as possible. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Absolutely. So what's the, uh, we got one more question. I think yeah. I know, but I'll, before we do that. Okay. No, no, ask that one. Then I'm going to ask him another. Uh, no, you go. There you go. 
<laughs> What's next for Rev in the next five years? What's next for Rev? What's coming up. Well, okay. What do we got? So, are you five years old now? No, four. November. November's your five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew I was. I knew I was onto yeah. it. I knew a bit. So happy we're going fight your happy birthday, Rev. Um, we're going on five years of Rev. Yep. I've seen it change so much. You've obviously built it yep. with your bare hands. I've seen you. <laughs> What's the next five years? What's the decade of Rev? Cool. Um, great question. So. In the real short term, so we're still doing a bit of renos at the moment. We're putting in a sauna sort of recovery room. Um, with weightlifting, it's important to have you know access to saunas. So I'm putting in yeah. building in my own little nice uh, um, dry heat sauna and sauna in there. I feel um, like you've been a bit inspired by chasing better. Uh, yes and no. Yes and yeah. no. Yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. But I wanted. To, I've always wanted a dry sauna. Yeah. Um. So I'm not. I didn't want to buy. You know, one of the cheaper ones. Yeah. Um. I've had an infrared in the past, and they just do nothing for yeah, me. Yeah. I remember so when you had the infrared. Yeah. yeah. So going to get that room built in there, and yeah, don't get me wrong, testing, but it's got great facilities. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But this is mainly like I want to have it there for you know for weight cuts and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So over the next sort of few months, I'll have that done. Um. But I want it all wrapped up by the end of the year. Um, going into next year, um, um, I'm at a position to step back a little bit more from coaching. Um, I'm sort of down to only working 45 hours a week at the moment, which for me is pretty incredible. That's, uh, that's <laughs> gym owner and head coach yeah. life. Eh? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. People don't believe you when you say it either. You're like, oh, I've cut down to yeah. probably 50 hours. And like, yeah, what do you yeah. mean? I'm like, oh man, you got yeah. no idea. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cause you still do a few barbell club sessions yourself as well. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, see. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'll never step away from those. They're fun, hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same as clubhouse for us. Like yeah. I just, I love being on the floor and running around and, and mm. talking to the members. I think it keeps you a bit more grounded as well. Like absolutely. rather than just being in the office all day. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that'll be the end of the year. So basically my goal is to by the end of this year, basically have the gym facility is exactly how I want it. So I've got that to do. Then I've got one more thing where I'm building a bit of a jerk, a jerk block area with some custom built heavy duty jerk blocks. Yeah. Once that's done, I'm pretty much done. Like there'll be little upgrades along the way, but I'm pretty much happy where it will be. I've recently just upgraded my office and that sort of thing. So um, once I've done that and that'll be by the end of the year, then I'm done. Um, so yeah, then stepping into next year, I'm going to step back a little bit. So try and drop down to maybe like 35 hours a week of work. Yep. Um, and I'm going to do a bit of a push as an athlete for a couple of years. There so, it is. That was going to yeah. be my next question. <laughs> Here it is. Um, so, 36, what qualifies you as what you said, a master athlete with this other federation? 35? Uh, no, nah, well, this new federation actually masters can start at 30. Oh, I'm on this year. Wow. I'm coming back, Ant. You got spots, bro? Let's You're going to fit me in? Let's go. Um, but like, I don't know, between you and I, I'm not resigned to the fact yet that I'm going down the master's route yet. I'm not resigned to that. I'm not going to turn around and say, look, um, I'm just going to go and, you know, win Masters Nationals. I don't want to yeah. do that, right? So You what still want to f- roll with the big boys still? Look, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't know. And I answered this question today on an Instagram story, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend the next two years, my only goal is to get in as best shape I possibly can. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything I can possibly do to do that. Yeah. So I'm very strict on my schedule. I'm very strict on my training times. I'm um, good with my, very good with my diet and my nutrition now. Um, my, I manage stress a lot better. I'm probably in a better position financially. So now I can This is resonating focus. with us so mm. much. Yeah. I feel like we, I mean, you know where me and D come yeah. from. Like, I feel like we were in your spot, like maybe like, 
18 months, two years ago. Like yep. we're, we're in that phase now where it's like, okay, I've got a bit of time back here. Yeah. Mm. What am I going to do? Yeah. Now I might be a bit selfish. Yeah, absolutely. I might start getting back into something. Okay. Yeah. Training's going well. Oh, okay. Mm. Ah. Absolutely. So do you think, because uh, I, I know you've come back a few, not come back, I don't want to use the word come back, but I yeah, know yeah, you've yeah. had a good crack at weightlifting a couple of times. Yep. Do you think it's like, oh, I'm just going to see how this goes, but I'm, I really want to give it a good crack the next two years and go, yep. I'm going to put my all into this. And in the worst case scenario, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life and be the strongest. I'm going to be the fittest. I'm going to be healthiest. That's what I want. Absolutely. And that's it in a nutshell. So I'm not, I'm not putting any, I'm not putting any, um, I'm not putting any, I guess, number goals on it because I just don't know. Maybe I won't respond that well as a 36 year old. Mm. Like I I have a horrible body. (laughs) I have horrible joints, but I can manage them pretty well if I'm on top of it. So um, I'm just going to go two years. And what we're actually going to do with that is, is quite a number of us are going to jump on board. And we've got a few guys that are going to maybe step away from working as much and give another, give a really big year of training. And we've probably got a squad of about probably eight to nine people that are going to do that. Um, so we're going to have all like, around the same age. Or are we talking like coaches that are kind of uh, different ages? We've got some yeah. real young. We've got, I've got actually got a young guy moving from Melbourne. I don't know if I should say this. I don't know if <laughs> told anyone else. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, from Brisbane, Brisbane, Brisbane. Yes. yes, but yes. No, I've got a young guy moving over and he's going to do it for the year as well. You know, just I've got, go full athlete mode. Yeah. And cool. I've got, you know, another young guy here who's um, who's uh, basically having a gap year to focus yeah. on weightlifting. And there's going to be a few of us doing it and we're going to try and build this culture of really pushing each other. I've got a guy taking long service leave to do it. Because I, um, I know you, when you have long service leave, that's, yeah. a, that's what you need to I'm, get to. I'm, I'm, putting, my long I'm putting my long service <laughs> leave. You all right, bro? <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's these 50 athletes for you. Yeah. Um, when, when you're talking about that, because I know you, you used to do it a bit back in the day when people were like prepping for bigger meets and stuff. Is this where you'll kind of go, you and these people will start lining up sessions mm. and you'll kind of do like the, I don't want to call it a speak easy session, but it's kind of like a, you know, we're getting ready for this. So we come in on Saturday yeah. nights and we yeah. do this and we're coming on Sundays and we do this kind of, yeah. so it's a bit more your time. Cause are you finding it quite hard to train at Rev? Mm. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, so there's a few things there. So what we are going to do, firstly, with the squad, is we're going to have set training sessions every day. So if you want to be part of the squad, you're, you're here at this time. Yeah, yeah. There's yep. no if, if, buts, or maybes. You show up at this time, you treat it like a professional athlete, right? This is the goal. You know, obviously, I know people are going to have to work, but if we're prioritizing weightlifting, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yep. So we'll have a very set schedule. And if you want to come and be part of that crew, anyone will be welcome. But you need to lift and train and act to our standards. Yeah. So that's a, what this group is going to be all about. Yeah. Um, with your question, I do struggle. I do yeah. struggle to, to train at Rev. Um, that's why I split my sessions in two. So at the moment, what I'm doing is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, two sessions a day. I do my accessories in the morning just at Chasing Better because I can just go there, put my headphones in, and I don't worry about anybody else in the gym. Yeah. I don't need to. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a nice relief to me. I can train without worrying about anybody else in the world. Yeah, I must look like a wanker there because I walk around. I don't look at anyone. I don't care who anyone else nah. is because it's my time to switch off. That yeah, people Be- might try and approach me, and I probably blank them, but I don't mean to. Nah, it's just your time, man. Exactly. I, I we we I resonate with that. Yeah. I, I find uh, it hard at SC as well, absolutely. and it's not because of SC, and it's not because of the culture. It's just like. Mm. sometimes like you said you want to be in athlete mode absolutely we as coaches we kind of understand athlete mode so we leave people to their vices we know when to turn on turn off yeah and it's okay for people not to get that but yeah sometimes i've got my headphones in i'm trying to get ready for this set and someone comes up like 
is this an RPEA? Man, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know right now. I'm just trying not to snap my back on this deadlift, okay? Yeah. Well, look, here's something that I've I've learned to be a lot nicer on myself about, and, and this is might might help you guys out a little bit as well. Is the thing is, is when you're in when you're in SC, you're spending 10 hours a day, you're looking at everything. Your brain is switched on to look at every little thing that's happening in the gym. Yeah. You're seeing what's happening there, you're seeing what's happening there, you're seeing what's happening there, you're watching this. You might not even be coaching them, but you'll see that lift, you'll see it happen. So how do you how are you expecting yourself then to go, all right, for two hours I'm not gonna do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. yeah. You are you've trained yourself to be that hyper alert person looking at everybody, seeing what every little thing that's happening in the gym. I know whoever's at the gym at every given time because that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. So then when I've gone to train, it's difficult to switch that off because yeah. you train yourself to do it, mm. right? Yeah. So what I found is by splitting my sessions up and then maybe having three exercises, only doing three exercises in the back room. So I'll just do, and they'll be my lifts, right? So there'll be some sort of snatch, some sort of clean, and maybe a squat or a deadlift. I'm yeah. trying to actually have some resemblance of a deadlift at the moment. So that's yeah. mainly what I'm doing. We'll, we'll hook it up, man. Don't worry. Oh, Lord. And um, I'm not worrying so much about my squats because I've got quite an excess in my squats. Um, but I know if I'm just going into the gym and doing, okay, snatch, clean, pull, sweet. Yeah. yeah, And I can get that okay. done, bang, 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 without worrying. Then I'm like, okay, relax. And I know I'll go and do my accessories the next morning at, at Chasing Better, right? Yeah. And this is what, it, you know, it's it's early days, but it's working really, really well for that's, me. Yeah. That's a good idea of doing it. I, we've been considering mm. it as well, just yeah. having like a offset where I know Saturdays are our big days at the club. Yep. Like they're massive. It's probably yep. the same at Rev when you have yep. people coming through yeah. Friday nights, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like you training then, it's like unless you've got the coaches are on and everyone's on, they know to mm. give you a bit they're of no chance. Yeah. It just gets so yeah. full on, man. But it's not full on in a bad way for the athletes. Yeah. Because no. they're, they're used to it. It's not yeah. their space that they work mm. and do everything else yeah. and they own. And it's like, but it's hard for us to definitely switch off. Yeah. I've definitely yeah. found that. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to chuck that in with then doing, I'm going to go down and train with Ollie Saxton once a week. So I'll go down and train with him on a Saturday. So down somewhere Ox. different. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and we might swap it up. I might get him to come up every Saturday, Arvo, like when the gym's shut. Yeah. And do yeah, some yeah. stuff with him up at the gym. Um, but one, like, I don't know if you guys know about Ollie Saxton, but like he's now currently the top male in Australia. Yes. Sinclair. Yeah. Um, he's I've absolutely crushing it. That boy is just the perfect storm, man. He's just like got the genetics. His parents are, um, you know, um, the Olympic. kid was born into weightlifting. He was born into it. Yeah. Commonwealth Games gold medalist. His mum went to Worlds. Did the whole lot. Um, and he's just the perfect storm, man. He's got the right hit on him for weightlifting. Yeah. He is a workaholic. He's got the right mindset. Like it's pretty awesome to see, and like you want to be around that because that's oh why we man. Go, yeah. And you know, and and he doesn't have anyone to train with at the moment. So if I can go down and you know, even though he's you know twenty kilos lighter than me, if I can somewhat of try and keep up close to him, you know, and that if that pushes him slightly, then f awesome, man. Yeah. Um, but it's just exciting to be around as well. Like yeah. you know, some people I was once asked, goes, oh, don't you wish you had him? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not going to give him what he gets there. Yeah, like he's he's the perfect situation. Yeah. His dad is like his his dad. The way he works with him, it's like it's poetry in motion. I love watching it. Yeah, you know, and it's um, you know, there's I there's no way he would do better with me. No, he's at the perfect place for him. It's interesting yeah. to say that. Like, yeah. it's, <coughs> sorry, people say that about athletes, right? It's yeah. like I am a small minutia in the details of this athlete. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like. Nat pulling the biggest deadlift ever by a female. Mm. Mm. I am a small cog in that. Yep. Nat put the work in. Nat put the hours in. Nat rocked up to training. Absolutely. Nat was the you know the ex basketball player who was a freaky athlete who got into powerlifting. Like 
Mm. She just needed as you know, you find the person you need when they were there. And he's obviously found, you know, his parents, which Absolutely. was so early on. Yep. That's the reason he is who he is. You yeah. know what I mean? He would have been a great athlete, probably if he went into any other sport as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Nat's a freak. She would have been a great athlete yep. in whatever she decides to do. Um, and I think that's the other thing is it, you can't remove how hard these people work. Yeah. Like the coach, of course, like we oh, obviously provide, pave yeah. a, that footpath, but they've still got to run and stomp and jump and everything yeah. else. And that's hard work, man. Like being a full-time athlete is, is hard. Absolutely. Um, and I reckon we've got to get you on as well to talk just athlete things, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Definitely. Yeah. You're saying, go. Um, but yeah, just, just the fact of just being able to like, I get so excited just being about like being around it. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. that excites me more than anything. And if we can have someone from WA like going all the way, like how good's that? Yeah, you know a lot of people talked about this when Sewer came on, like because yeah. I used to hold the um I used to hold the state records as a super heavyweight when I went in my Fat Thor uh, phase. <laughs> And then when, when he came along, everyone's like, oh, like, are you upset? I'm like, no, man, look at this guy. How good is this? Yeah. yeah. You know, there was actually, there was actually a story on a podcast once. I'm not going to say what it was. And, you know, there was a, he, he was interviewed and he said, oh, you know, he came on and um, he broke the state records on the first day. And then there was jokes about the presentations going, oh, yeah, someone wasn't happy. I was like, are you guys idiots? I loved that. I was supporting that yeah. guy right from day one. Yeah. He yeah. was going to go so much further than me. And I could see that when he was just training in a garage. Yeah. It's so bizarre that people create these false little, um, you know, rivalries. Yeah. Like I was nothing but this guy's biggest fan from day one. Like, yeah. Man, yeah. you know. Um, and I think any true weightlifting fan thinks the same way as I do. Yes. Yeah. Like I know the Saxtons, they think the same way as I do. I know like heaps of other coaches think the same way if as I do. If someone comes yeah. through and sweeps it. Yeah. They, that's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good, only yeah. elevating the sport. It's only yeah. elevating everyone else to be that good. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, um, talking about the nationals, like um, Renee didn't have her best nationals. There's a lot going on to that, which I'm not going to go into. But um, you know, she missed out on third place, um, which which w was a total that she could normally easily put together. But on the day, it didn't work for her. But another young girl, Gabby Scafidi, came in and, and had the session of her life and got third place. I was literally, I was so, yes, I was gutted that Renee couldn't, couldn't do what she's capable of. Yeah. But at the same time, Gabby absolutely crushed it. And I'm like, that's awesome. And I'm yeah. so happy for her and her coach because she absolutely crushed it and she came away with that on the day. Yeah. I'm not yeah. upset about that. No, nah, it was. In the was, slightest. It was like that with Worlds. Yeah. The moment Bonica which unfortunately bombed mm. yeah. that top dog spot just opened up. Mm. The podium has just changed. This yeah. is, we're going to see a totally different podium than we've ever seen at worlds. Yeah. And it was the same thing for Nat, you know, Nat was going, I want to get that, that. The podium was so far away with those top yeah. three. Mm. It was like, oh, okay, podium's probably not there. We'll go for fourth. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is still incredible. Any result at worlds is yeah, yeah. incredible, yeah. but it was like, hang on with a moment, Bonica bombed it. Cause she was so early in the deadlifts. All you saw was coaches scramble. It was like yeah. ants. It was like, yeah. okay, how can we get on this podium? What yeah. do we need? Because now it's opened up. And I think that's just so cool because you're not, you know, we went out the back and we had the Kiwi coaches there and that's yeah. who we were, we were going up against. And when Nat didn't get that last deadlift, we've come out the back and they were even like, we've never wanted to see a more successful deadlift happen. Like yeah. we've never wanted yeah. to see the white lights more because- yeah. She just pulled something that's heavier than any woman's ever done to get on the podium, her first worlds ever. Like it's mm. a story, right? Like that's Absolutely. such an incredible story. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, okay. This person didn't do too well, but what did that open up for other people to come yeah. up? So, you know, that person should go away. Like, like Ren as I'm sure is yeah. and go, 
okay, wow, okay, now I'm going to come back and do this or I'm going to yeah. do this and change this. And, and it's all that story, you know. And she was. And, like, as gutted as she was, you know, she had one goal for that competition, which was B grade. And, she, you know, she's done the numbers in training and she was ready for it. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, her her preparation wasn't ideal. Um, but she still made the call and, and we made the call together that she wanted to go after it. Yeah. Right? And I've got so much admiration for her for doing that. You've, that's what yeah. you're meant to do, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's an athlete. You know? And, you know, one of the first things she said to me was the same thing. Was like, you know, like, even though I didn't get that last lift, which would have put her back into third, like, I'm so happy for Gabby because she had the session yeah. of her life. She's yeah. been yeah. working so hard. She looked great and she crushed it. And that was genuine. That and wasn't, you and know. And I'm sure Ren has mm. left it all out there. Yeah. It was the same thing with Nat. Sure. And that's like, I'm yeah. happy you went for it. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to leave it all out on the yeah. platform. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that's. We go. Oh, we got time for today because the podcast guy's probably going to come in and kick me out in a second. All good. All good. Yeah, it's all right. We got Annie who can go after jujitsu <laughs> rear naked. Um, thank you so much, man, for coming no on worries. today. Um, I'm going to have to get you back on again. Like yep. we're going to have to talk Let's some athlete it. things. Um, you guys can find Ant at Rev Barbell. Shoot him a DM. Show him your snatches. Show him your cleans. He'll Let's judge them harshly but fairly. Um, I love him. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. No worries. Thank you, and thanks for having me.